The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to the Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast with me, your host, Ger McCarthy. You can follow me on Twitter at at McCarthy 74 In this week's episode, we begin the build-up to Cork's TG Carr All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Semi-Final with Galway. Maureen Abbey duo Darren O'Sullivan and Maura O'Callaghan tell us about their year with Cork, how preparations have gone ahead of the Galway clash and the resumption of the Munster Club Championship in the new year. Beira, West Cork and Cork inter-county forward Anya Terry O'Sullivan joins us to look ahead to her upcoming All-Ireland semi-final and reminisces on a successful senior club county winning season. We also have a special interview with Clare inter-county captain Elio Gorman in the build-up to the Banners All-Ireland intermediate semi-final against Meath this coming weekend. Finally, we hear from Cork County Intermediate Club Champions Clonakilty's Alana Crowley on her club and family's fundraising efforts on behalf of Marymount Hospice. That's all to come on this week's Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. This year's TG Carr All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship semi-finals sees defending champions Dublin taking on Armagh and Cork coming face-to-face with old rivals Galway. Two players likely to have a major impact on the outcome of Cork's encounter are Morn Abbey's Mara O'Callaghan and inter-county captain Darren O'Sullivan. I caught up with the multi-county, provincial and all-Ireland club winning players to talk about their hopes ahead of the Galway clash, what it's like playing for Shane Ronan and what the future holds for Morn Abbey in next year's Munster Club Championship. OK, delighted and thrilled to be joined by two of Morn Abbey's finest players, Darren uh, O'Sullivan and Mara O'Callaghan have joined us here on the podcast ahead of the big All-Ireland semi-final with Galway. Uh, ladies, thank you very, very much for taking the time out to speak to us. Thanks for having us. Uh, I didn't realise the two of you were living in the uh, living together at the moment, so this is a bonus. I was figuring there'd be two people to ring, but I only had to ring one, so that's great. First, <laughs> a good start. Karen, if I could just start with you. We're we're a couple, we're not far off that All-Ireland semi-final. Though. You've been here before as a squad, and I know it's 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 nothing new. But considering the kind of year we've had and that you've had as intercounty players, it must be extra special to have an All Ireland semi final to look forward to, especially so late in the year. Yeah, definitely. I think all things considered, um, a couple of months ago, it wasn't looking likely that we would be here playing. So I suppose everyone's really grateful and thankful um, to be getting to go out to train three nights a week, meet the girls, catch up. Um, I suppose the bonus then we're representing our county at the highest level. So um looking forward to an All Ireland semi final now in, in two weeks' time. And we do understand and know how lucky we are. Um there's a lot of people who aren't in the position or don't have the privilege that we have of of getting to play for our county. So um I think yeah, all things considered with COVID, um like club championship was postponed and there's a lot um, outside of football being postponed. So we're really, really grateful to be in this position. Um, as well as that, Darren, not only are we getting to play it, but the people that can't get to these matches are having an opportunity to watch them on live stream or on television. There seems to have been a little bit more uh, media attention, a lot more media attention this year and the Ladies Football Association decided to stream every match. A lot of new eyeballs um, are turning their, you know, are watching ladies football finally and getting to see what I've been lucky enough to see over the last number of years. It must be nice from your point of view, even though people can't come to the game, that you can talk to them about it afterwards and they can talk to you about it. Yeah, I suppose it's just important to point out um, we're on about the people like our parents and family and friends who can't go to the match. But I just think it's really important to flag the eight girls who don't get to go to our games um, every week. Um, it's extremely tough, I suppose. They're training 
just as hard as us, um, putting in just the same amount of time and effort. So it is really disappointing for those girls that they can't be there with us um, and, and share, I suppose, the, the experience. But it is, as you said, um, super the, the coverage we're getting. Um, I think there's a lot more people um, watching it. Um, thanks to the 2020 campaign, we're getting a lot more media coverage. Um, I go into work on a Monday after the, the match now and, and people are chatting about it. There's a good buzz about it. Um, you'd have been lucky a couple of years ago if people knew you had a game at the weekend. So um, definitely the, I suppose, um, appreciation and love of ladies football is definitely growing and it's going in the right direction. And that's thanks to the media coverage we're getting. Good stuff. Same for you, Mara. Are you getting the same kind of reaction that more and more people are talking to you about the games that they're having the chance to see them now? Yeah, definitely. Like the same as Darren said there, I'd be coming into work and there'd be people talking about it and saying X, Y, and Z. They saw it on one of the various outlets that there is for it, even like Twitter, Facebook, or even tweets if they didn't manage to catch the live coverage. So it is really good, the, the buzz that's been created about it. You've had two tough tests up to now. I mean, that Kerry game was a really tight, tough match down in Tralee, and then in Offaly the last day. Um, you pulled away from Cavan, but they made life difficult for you. Um, the fact that you had no challenge game coming into it, it's something that Evie has mentioned and Paddy O'Shea has mentioned to me in previous interviews. It must be very difficult when you don't have those challenge games. You know, normally you'd have a good run of them as well as a league campaign before you hit the championship. Have you found that difficult this year? Um, yeah, I suppose from league games um, and challenge games, they give you a good idea of where you're at and um, of your best 15. Um, I just think we were a small bit unsure of where we stood um, in terms of strength and conditioning, our game plan. Um, I suppose there was a lot of anxiety going into the, the Kerry game and the Cavan game. Um, we didn't really know where we stood. Um, with that, though, it did bring a lot of excitement. Um, I suppose there wasn't much... Um, video analysis done of teams because we hadn't been playing so um, it definitely brought something new this year and a lot of freshness um, so I actually kind of enjoyed the, the build up to the two games um, I just thought it was something new and exciting um, and the, the quick turnaround between games I suppose you get to build momentum um, having won the Kerry game we had a quick turnaround between uh, that and the Cavan game and the same now um, a two week build up to the Galway game is nice um, we're, we're building um, momentum nicely. Maura, can I just ask you about the intensity of the A versus B games in the Cork training sessions? I've seen one, maybe two, lucky enough to be loaded in by Evie for a few minutes. <laughs> um, it is intense, to put it mildly, but then you look at the Dublins, you look at the Galways, and I spoke to Galways manager Tim Rabbit about this as well. They're the exact same. People are looking for that jersey and they're putting it in, in those matches. Has that been the experience this year as well? Definitely, yeah, one hundred percent. The AVBs are absolutely like a savage amount of exercise. They're going out there. They're really intense, um, and like there's definitely like some hard hits. Like you'd forget that we all played together anyway. When you're, I suppose you saw yourself when you're watching them. But like that's the way it has to be. Like they've been absolutely fantastic preparation, and I suppose with the lack of challenge games as well, like that's where the competition has been like driving us all on and that we're all like really going for a position, as you said yourself, and even the jersey. And I know Darren alluded to the fact that there's eight people not even getting a chance to travel. So like everything is up for grabs there, you know, even just a position on the panel. So they're a fantastic competition to have. Uh, from your own point of view, Maura, the middle of the field is a very, very important area more, more than ever uh, for Cork ladies this year. How are you finding, um, you know, you're playing quite a lot alongside, you're quite close to Hannah Looney throughout a lot of those matches. Uh, you're 
a really tough opener against Kerry and then Cavan as well, a heavy pitch against Cavan, which meant a really an energy sapping day for you. How are you finding all that this year? Um, yeah, it's definitely, um, I suppose, I know we talked about already about the lack of the league and the, the challenge games and the championship matches. So it has been tough, I suppose, to get um, up to the pace and how difficult, you know, I suppose the AVBs are really good, but also the kind of nerves that you'd have on championship day. So that can nearly take some energy itself as well. So it has, we had, I suppose, a, a difficult enough day um, against Kerry. You know, they had really strong players in the middle of the field. But um, Hannah's a super player anyway to play with. She's so athletic and she's really good offensively and defensively. So she's well able to pick up the slack at either end <laughs> if I need her to. <laughs> As are you? Are you enjoying it this year in that position? Because it, I would imagine, more that's your preferred position. You get to make the most influence on the game there. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy playing midfield. All right, I suppose um, I've been playing there for a good couple of years now, so I'd nearly probably be like a fish out of water if I was anywhere else. Um, so yeah, I like I like playing in the middle of the field. All right. And similarly, Darren, I know how much you like setting up scores, as you told me the last day in in the Cavan match. But you're responsible for quite a few of them for club and county as well. Um, does the match fitness for an inter-county player, it takes a match or two, I'd imagine, at the beginning of the year, you know, to get up to speed for a full 60 minutes, even though you end up playing more nearly 70 minutes nowadays. Are you are you that bit sharper now? Do you feel going into the Galway game, thanks to the Cavan match and the Kerry match that preceded it? Yeah, definitely. Um, the AVBs are unbelievable, but they, they're not the same as, as championship pace, I suppose. Um, there's a bit of familiarity within the AVBs. Um, so I think we're a small bit comfortable with each other. Um, we know what to expect. Um, whereas with a championship match, first touch um, can be a small bit off. Um, nerves can can put a shot, um, skew a shot. Um, so yeah, I definitely think the last couple of matches will stand to us going into the Galway game. Yeah, because you just mentioned it there. And I've said it to Orla Finn as well. Like You're... Normally, Mornabi would be used to playing club championship, perhaps around this time of year. But a lot of players aren't on that Cork team. And the conditions when you're taking freeze, or as you said, as a forward, when you're even taking a shot, the height of summer are coming towards August, September. Conditions are usually okay, but no, it's cold, it's wet, and it's very, very windy. So it's making it extra hard for you, yeah? Definitely. I suppose you're looking, you mentioned Orla Finn there. She's wing forward this year. She's covering 10 plus K in every match. So... Um, heavy pitch as well by the time she comes to the the forwards um i'd I'd say her legs are are tired like um so yeah, we do have to work the ball that in that bit closer and be be a bit wiser, I think with our shot selection um it's not summer football um and there's there's no fancy shooting, I think it's just work the ball in as close as we can and and hand pass it over or or kick it from uh inside the d really you wouldn't be looking for anything outside it. That's a nice reminder from the forwards to the rest of the panel that you're on 10k every match. I just thought a nice way you put that in there. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'd like to point out that the inside forward line don't go next or near 10k. You, you just do the nine and let the rest of them go. Maura, Galway, I mean, we're talking no business end of the championship. We're talking a serious, seriously well drilled, very battle hardened team. I mean, I watched, I rewatched. The second half of their game with Monaghan and man Monaghan put it up to them now they've been through just like yourselves two very tough tests Tipperary and the Tipperary manager who you know well came very close to, to beating them the first day out but Monaghan scored three late goals and still didn't have enough and they only had 14 players so there's not that you needed reminding there's the hallmark of that Galway team that's how good that Galway team are this is with respect to Kerry and with respect to Cavan 
um, from those pre previous two matches. It's do or die now, it's knockout, and it's another step up for you. Yeah, like Galway are an absolutely super side, you know, there's no getting away from that. And while I suppose they had two tight games coming into it, they're building like ourselves, you know, they probably were encountering the same challenges with, you know, not having um, played games and stuff like that. So, like, they're super fast and they have really strong nearly in every position. So, we'll be definitely very wary of them. But, you know, it's exciting looking forward to the match as well. And I nearly wish that it was this weekend, not next weekend. But I suppose it's absolutely ideal that the Camogie girls, there's no clash facing them. So, of course. <laughs> I'm yes. happy it's next weekend. <laughs> that is very good news. But uh, Darren, does, the, does the, that little bit of an extra gap? I mean, uh, Mara just mentioned it there, like you're you're kind of in the groove now after two matches. You would like it a bit closer, or is this just about the right amount of time if there's any injuries and things and niggly injuries to clear up? Yeah, I don't know. Are we ever ever happy? Um, <laughs> we avoided the Camogie clash, and we're still giving out. Um, <laughs> no, I I think we're we're happy. Look, we need our full panel to get over Galway. Um, we're very familiar with Galway and have great rivalry with them. Um, from underage, we would have played in a lot of All Ireland semi-finals and finals against Galway, and we came out the wrong side of a lot of them. And then at club level, we'd have been fierce. Um, familiar with Kilcair and Colburn, um, and then obviously last couple of years at senior level. So that rivalry has built a lot over the last couple of years. Um, and we're really hoping to get over over the line in two weeks' time. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you actually, uh, Morn Abbey, there's quite a number of Morn Abbey players on the panel this year. There is every year, but there's especially this year, there's Breed, there's, there's Kira, and there's Ian Romania as well, just off the top of my head. Is that how helpful is that when you're in a dressing room? I know you're in a dressing room and you're all wearing the Cork jerseys, but how helpful is it when you look around and you see the people that you play week in, week out with, you train with? Does it make it that just a little bit easier when you're out on the pitch or has it ever been that kind of, has it been a positive at all? You just take it for granted that they're there with you. I would imagine when you have that amount of players from such a, a successful um, and driven club like yourselves that it's you know you look around especially the AVB game or you look around in the training session especially when you're out on the pitch against somebody like, like Galway that the person next to you, you you know that little bit more about them that if they make a break you might be able to get the ball to them or am I way off the mark? No I actually I wouldn't take much notice of it in the dressing room um, we're very close with all the girls but I do think on the field it is a massive advantage um, if I give away the ball or if I mess up I know that Kira or Maura or Mini are going to work that extra bit harder to get it back um, and vice versa we hate I suppose seeing anyone do do badly but especially your, your club mates you are I think working subconsciously probably that bit bit harder um, to try to get the ball back and I think if anyone's under pressure we're there to help each other even I suppose just having a word with each other um, I think that familiarity and and knowing each other that well is, is definitely advantage for us. Is that a help Mara when you make a mistake that you've at least five teammates about to show at you? <laughs> it's definitely good yeah to have them on the team and like as Darren said yeah you know that they're going to work extra hard for you like when she throws the ball wide like I'll always give her a oh. pat on the back and say look pass it to me next time <laughs> I to it they're shots fired fair play just getting back at the forwards again yeah can I just ask you both uh, because I know he'd be listening he listens to the podcast Shane Ronan, um, and I can see the smile 
the thing about Shane, I, I, I watched the Galway tip match at the start of the year and there was nobody in the ground. So I could hear Shane. And I, you hear Shane at any match anyway because he's just constantly kicking every ball like any good manager driving you on. What is it about him uh, from your point of view? At inter-county level, he's doing a fantastic job with tip. That tip team is coming on leaps and bones and they're coming up beside, as you well know, you've played him enough times in the last few years to know that. But I know he's a motivator. I know he's very good at setting up a team. But what is it in those minutes before a match, uh, Darren, especially like a final and all the finals that you've played down through the years? I mean, you don't win those over and over again without his input being really important and without it sinking in. But what is it about him? Because I know he can shout and I know he can roar like a lot of managers. But what is it about him in those last few minutes before a very, very important game that makes him stand out as a coach? Yeah, it's gas. You're on about listening to him and hearing him but I think we've come to a stage now where we've just tuned him out we don't even <laughs> honestly we don't even hear him um yeah um someone asked me um I did an interview a couple of weeks ago and someone asked me how we got over the line or what changed in Mornabi in 2014 to get to win us our first county and like it did literally it, it was Shane Ronan um there's no um simpler way of saying it um it was Shane coming to Mornabi that made us um, a successful club. Um, I think um, all of us have huge respect for Shane and know the time he puts into it. He's coming over from Mitchellstown every or second evening, um, putting massive time into us. And I think we all realise that without him, we'd probably uh, wouldn't be where we are today. So I think that respect, um, we want to do well for him um we want to make him happy and be proud of us i suppose um so i think we all have a really um good relationship with him um and we all realize how good he is um some of his drills and his strength and conditioning every, he he ticks all the boxes really um and he has the right people behind him as well um we got a sports psychologist with us um I think he worked a lot with Shane one-on-one -on -one. <laughs> with Shane more than the team, I think. <laughs> but um, no, um, we, I suppose Shane, it, he's an excellent motivator, as you said, and we all want to do our best for him. Same for you, Maura. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything Darren said there. And like, as you said, he ticks all the boxes, like his attention to detail is absolutely unbelievable. And like, he could probably like, he's just, say he's the manager for tape and he has other people taking care of the other aspects of it. But like, if he had enough time, he could probably look after everything himself because he's so strong in every area that you need him to be strong. And he's just, he is absolutely fantastic to be fair to him now, I must say. I'll have to have him on next week, no, to answer all these charges on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, just finally on that, before before we finish up, I wanted to ask you as well, Maura, like we're, we're, we're focusing on Cork at the moment, obviously, and all your focus is on Cork. But more than have a Munster Championship to look forward to in the new year and a game against Care. I know once all you haven't given it much thought now, but how important was it first of all that you have a Munster Championship once everything was sorted out, thankfully and correctly, to get you into the month and deservedly into the Munster Championship. Now that you know that you're there, it's not something you might have thought about recently, but from the club's point of view, uh, a target in the new year and something to hit the ground running with again is very very important. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. It's like it's really going to going to be a nice start to twenty twenty one. You know, to get out there and get back playing, and like hopefully we'll be allowed to start training soon enough for it. And you know, like I'm missing the more Abbey girls around. Like it's it. I am so grateful to have Cork, but it will be really nice as well when we'll be able to go back at Mornabi and even to just have a date out there that like it is definitely going to go ahead. And you know, to have that 
um, in date in the diary for the new year. So I'm really looking forward to that too. And same for you there. And whilst you're obviously focusing completely on Cork right now, and you won't think about Moran Abbey until um, you've finished your championship campaign, whenever that is, um, it is nice again to know that it's not a worry now anymore. You know that you're playing, you have a date or a rough date, and that's something to focus on when the new year turns, like Morris said. Yeah, I think we're very grateful to the LJFA for putting a date in the calendar. Obviously, it's uncertain times, so um, just to have something in writing is nice and something for us to focus on as a club. And I think we realised that our success at club level isn't going to last forever. So um, we want to play the 2020 Championship and try get um, more silverware. Um, uh, but yeah, so definitely looking forward to Munster Club Championship as well. Uh, and just to finish up, um, obviously everyone is hoping for a win against Galway. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be very. It's probably going to be an extremely tough game as you would expect. But am I assuming correctly, Duran, that as EP always says, get the performance right, and the result will look after itself from there. Yeah, and there's certain boxes we're going to have to tick against um, Galway. Um, and hopefully if we do tick those boxes and everybody does their part, that we can get over the line. Um, we're under no illusion, though. Galway are an excellent um, outfit. Um, as I said already, we're extremely familiar with them. Um, they've unbelievable pace, um, especially up the middle. Um, even if you look at the, their midfield, um, Louise Ward and Olivia Divley, um, their pace and I suppose how comfortable they are on the they are on the ball always gives Galway an outlet and even their contribution to the scoreboard between the two of them themselves the last day um, against Monaghan was pretty impressive so they've talent all over the field and if we're not prepared properly physically and mentally um, we won't come out of that game um, at the right side so um, we've two weeks now and we're really looking forward to it the, the camp is good and the mood of training is good um, intensity is really high so um, as it stands we, we're, we're looking good um, but as we've seen over the weekend with um, Tipperary men and Cavan men winning um, anything can happen Indeed it can and just finally Mara any additional pressure because the two men's teams are gone? There's going to be even more focus on both yourselves and the Camogie team now, or do you just get on with your job like you normally do? Um, I wouldn't be reading too much into that, really. I just um, would be hopefully it means for us that you know it'll drive up that that viewer and the people buying into the media and looking at it as much a bit that bit more. But I wouldn't really be buying into any additional pressures I suppose we're just going to go out and do as well as we can no matter if there's one person watching us if there's a hundred watching um, so I wouldn't be too worried about the two um, the two men's teams being knocked out uh, I can guarantee you there's going to be more than a hundred people watching uh, <laughs> um, listen on behalf of everybody at, at Cork Shred FM at the Big Red Bench as ever you have our complete support and all our listeners we're, we're we're fingers crossed. We hope to get get over the line against Galway. We have an all Ireland final to look forward to. It will be deserving for this squad and for the effort that you put in this year. And also for the Mornabi crew as well. We'll be keeping tabs on you in the new year and following you in the Munster Championship. To Darren O'Sullivan and Maura Callan, thank you very much for your time and for appearing on the Ladies Football Podcast. Thank you. What a year it's been for Alihi's native Anya Terry O'Sullivan. The Barrow footballer captained the West Cork division to a first ever Cork County Senior Club title and has since played an important role in Cork's All-Ireland Championship wins over Kerry and Cavan. Anya took time out to speak to the Big Red Bench ahead of her county's semi-final meeting with Galway. I would say before we talk inter-county, uh, winning a club senior football title and being captain 
um, was a fantastic honour and a lovely moment uh, after a very long road with West Cork. You'll be hoping to add to that before the end of the year, but has that success made this year, considering everything that's going on, just all the better? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, like, going back to the start of the year, no one was sure. I know everyone's saying it, but like, no one, we thought we wouldn't even be kicking football this year. So to get through the club championships as well was, was brilliant. You know, after the, even watching the, the Cork Lads Club Championship to finish at the semi-final stage, you know, it was very tough for the two teams that went through to the final. So after that, we were just, just very grateful that we were able to actually finish out the championship and obviously just to get the win. As you said, it was a long... Um, it was a long road for West Cork. Um, it was our fifth year together now. It was my fourth year on the on the panel, and um, yeah, you know, it meant a lot to a lot of, because a lot of the girls would have played. I think it was in on the second year of it. Beer uh, and kind of guilty joined. So from then on, we lost Kinsale, but from then on, the majority of the girls would have been kind of on the panel for the next couple of years. So it was um, it was very special, and obviously it was a great. Um, kind of uh, reward as well for the management because for sticking with us um, <clears throat> wasn't easy especially after coming so close in 2018 2019 so it was just uh, great to finish it uh, finish it off this year and obviously being as well was very special just to be able to bring it back to Alahid here and to my club era so it was um, it was it definitely put a, something positive on a, a very um, strange year in 2020 How easy was it to transition from the club championship then just to concentrate solely on intercounty and was it easier because you had two separate kind of calendars yeah do you know it actually it was it actually it was very it was nice like it was you know just to be I suppose from our perspective we had Beira and West Cork uh, we were kind of knocked out of with Beira early enough alright so we were able to focus on West Cork after but having it separate was it was nice because you know there wasn't too much travelling involved there wasn't you know you weren't being oh can I play with, say if you, had, if you had club games during the year when you were playing with Cork you know you'd have to step out of some training so not to have that kind of affecting the, the Cork was great and then obviously once the county final was over we'd be meeting the Wednesday night and it was full focus in the head for like we were just looking ahead for the next couple of months um, and you know we, we worked we went back training in that following Friday night um, and we had a few weeks uh, with ladies football we the first weekend we didn't have any games so we didn't our first game was until like the 7th of November so we had a good month and a bit to prepare but obviously they pulled challenge matches so we didn't have um, any kind of we only played one challenge match against Dublin a few weeks ago uh, so that probably wasn't ideal but um, you know there's serious competition on the Clark uh, panel at the moment um, so we'd, we'd have a lot of games like our games between ourselves and they're very competitive um, so yeah you know, it, was, it was nice to have the kind of divide between Southern County um, obviously it's a strange time of year to be playing like well a few of the girls that would be playing with club this time of year would be used to it now but for the majority of us well especially with Cork we wouldn't be used to playing this time of year so it's kind of adapting to those kind of conditions now as well you know the kind of training like on Wednesday and Friday there um, you nearly feel like it's, when you're driving up to training that it's, you, you should be coming home from training when it's so dark and kind of and um, so cool and stuff but it's it's grand that keeps us busy anyway and you know we're enjoying it and we've uh, semi-final out to the far top yeah you've been through the ringer in terms of weather conditions I mean you had uh, down in Tralee that day God on way it was, it was wet and it was windy it was a good pitch and yeah. then the last day up in Burr I mean it was cold it was and a heavy pitch again this is the kind of thing yeah. though that you were going to have to experience at this time of the year but it's probably the same for Galway it's the best preparation because going into that Galway game you don't know what way the conditions are going to be again yeah, that's it. Uh, I think we, before the Kerry game, actually, we had a match. We played a game the Sunday before, and 
Doreen that day was it was she's it was something else and I suppose you know it was no harm because that's what we're going to be facing into for the next couple of weeks. Um, you can see in all the matches that have been on over the the last few weeks there, in, you know, with the hurling and the football, like the rain that's been and the wind. So it's just it's about adapting to it. I suppose you know at this time of the year, like we just don't know what what what's the day going to be like. Like down in Kerry two weeks ago it was. The pitch was in great condition, and then to play above in Burnout the last day, it was a lot tougher on the legs. So um, we just be prepared for that. I suppose it's on in Limerick, I think. So hopefully, um, hopefully we'll just prepare right now over the next couple of weeks and go into it um, in good condition. Galway are no strangers, and uh, as are you not to them. Um, you're into the final four of the All Ireland, and obviously a semi final would be a tough match anyway, but. Considering what you've seen of them and what you've seen of them down through the years, um, this, this really is the toughest task of the year so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know they're obviously a great team. They got to the other final last year, um, and they have some very, very good footballers. Um, so we know exactly what we'd be up against. Um, we played them as well in the league final last year, and you know that was it was a close game. So uh, we yeah we played it. We, we we were actually just before the league was called off. Galway was our next game. And you know they beat us well enough in the league last year. It was our first game, but you know we know the kind of the type of players they have, and you know they've had two very tough games um, in their group stage. You know I think they've beat Chase and Manning just by a point, so they're, they'll be coming into that match after two very big um, battles. Um, but you know we had like the Kerry game and the Cavan game are both very tough, um, and I suppose we have a few weeks now. We obviously have the Cohen girls involved um, the weekend before. Um, but we'll just show up a fair well now over the next couple of weeks and our full focus will be on the Galway game so um, yeah hopefully it'll go well for The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Clare take on Meath in this weekend's TG Carr All-Ireland Intermediate Football Semi-Final I spoke to captain of the Banner County Elio Gorman ahead of one of the most important matches in Clare ladies football's recent history and asked her about the growth of the game in her county Okay, it's a big weekend for the Clare Ladies football team because they take part in the All-Ireland Intermediate semi-final uh, against Meath on Saturday in O'Moore Park. It has been um, a tough path to get there, but uh, Clare have reached there. It's a fantastic achievement and they'll be hoping to go one better. Delighted to be joined on the podcast by the captain, Elio Gorman. Ellie, thanks very much for joining us. Hi, Derek. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's been quite the year for ladies football for all sports with COVID obviously but for Clare um, to reach an All-Ireland Intermediate semi-final uh, is some going and you must be delighted with your progress Yeah we're fantastic we're delighted um, it's fantastic um, that we're playing next Saturday in an All-Ireland semi-final as you said um, like this probably unexpected I think 2020 has just shown how everything has been thrown up in the air like that we had three group games I think the pundits kind of named our group and intermediate as the group of death and like you can see that it came down to the, the final minutes of the last group game to see who would come out on top so like that it could say it was unexpected but we're delighted to be there on Saturday Yes, you mentioned your group and Group 4 of the Intermediate Championship this year. You finished top on six points alongside Kildare on six points, alongside Leash on six points and ahead of Sligo. But your scoring difference of plus 44 is what got you there in the end. That final day against Sligo, you put up some score, 7-18, but you had to, Ellie. Yeah, we had to renew that before the game that um, the minimum we had to win by was 20 points to give us some chance um, if we did go on to be Kildare. So before the game, I suppose we knew that going out in our heads that we had to put up a massive score and obviously keep um, Sligo's score as low as possible. But um, 
like that like it was so competitive in that group um, three teams finishing on six points and having to come down to score different um, like you couldn't write it really and I think it just goes to show the competition is so healthy and so competitive in, um, in, in the intermediate championship this year it certainly is. Um, you played National League Division Two this year pre-COVID. Um, now you didn't. It didn't. Things didn't go too well. But uh, in that, in that you, you, you didn't actually pick up a victory at that point. But you're up against some pretty heavy hitters. Opposition: Kerry, Cavan, the likes of Monaghan, Armagh there as well. Um, how much did you take from that um, National League campaign? As difficult and all as it was, because it looks like you've really improved since then in the Intermediate Championship. Yeah, like Division 2 is extremely um, competitive. Like I think there's three intermediate teams and five senior teams. So that gives us a good um, base, I think, going into championship football. Like that, you said, we played uh, five senior teams. I think we got the one point from the drawn game against Meath. But I think playing at that level really brings on girls and just shows the intensity, we'd say, of playing those senior senior teams. So that really helps us, um, I think, going forward. But um, as you said, we got one point need um, I think at the big, the first half of that game we were actually down by five or six points so we were lucky to bring it back and like we didn't get to finish out the competition it was left but all in all you take style of football and uh, see where you're um, new girls have come in and trying to start out a style of play maybe um, but the league is definitely a fantastic competition and it really um, I suppose it's a reward for all your hard work during pre-season and it's a showcase for the, the, the girls who have trained so hard through those months to get the opportunity to play against those senior teams. Indeed, you mentioned Mies there as well because uh, they're in that division with you. Now they've come through Group Three with back-to-back wins over Down and Leitrim. Um, you've already met, as you said, this year, so you have an idea of what what you're up against. But you're going in as underdogs, I would imagine, Ellie. I think that's fair considering the two. Um, Meet record, but having said that, the confidence that you seem to have gained and a bit of momentum and impetus that's with Clare Ladies Football at the moment, you've every chance. This is this is a one-off. It's a semi-final, and it's it's an opportunity to get to an All-Ireland final. So as tough as opposition as me there, the prize at the end of the day is something I would imagine that's inspiring the dressing room. The, like both teams know that like there's a place up to play in Crow Park up for grabs. So. Or five years, and I think it's all that it's always been nip and tuck um, in those games. It's always been a point or two either way. And that goes to show again from the league this year, we had a drawn game. So we know what neither about. Like, they're a fantastic team. They haven't been in the last two All Ireland finals for no reason. So, like, they'll have their homework done. And, like, we'll have our homework done. Like, we know that they bring um, a massive. Um, they like to run the ball, like, they're young and a fit team. And, like, that they'll want to avenge last year's. Um, defeating Croke Park so they'll really be wanting to get back there to Croke Park um, but look at the semi-final um, both teams I suppose haven't played each other since March we'd like to think that we've gathered a bit of momentum as we said there and that things are going well in our camp so we'll be focusing on, on ourselves and trying to stick to our game plan and see um, the game plays out on Saturday Indeed and just finally um, Ellie uh, the coverage of Clare Ladies football has increased an awful lot this year, both in print and certainly online. You've got a lot of people covering you uh, through social media, through your Facebook account. And uh, I, th- I imagine the live coverage of your matches uh, through the Ladies Gaelic Football Association's Facebook page as well has opened a lot of eyes and brought a lot of new supporters possibly watching Clare Ladies football for the first time. But it looks like you have that momentum on the pitch, but quite a bit of coverage off it as well. 
Yeah, it's sixth this year. I think that the LGV have covered all games from junior up to senior. Um, like, great that the girls playing LGFA um, get the chance to showcase um, their skills, I suppose. And I think the game has come on a lot in the last two or three years with regards to the pace and the skills of the game. So it's fantastic that we're getting that coverage. And then I suppose within the Clare camp, um, there's been a lot of promotion too in Amnesty and Shinargan um, on the social media. But like that, at the beginning of the year, like we had fantastic sponsors come on board. I think we had 20 sponsors who entered a draw, um, 500 euro draw, and then one sponsor picked out, and that was Bill. But like sponsors all around Clare and outside of Clare have been extremely, extremely generous. And um, that just goes to show that the support that we're having inside Clare and outside Clare, and that does have an effect on girls. I think they like to see that, look, we're being appreciated, that we're the role models in the county be the ambassadors that we are and like it's all all thanks to the two men that I mentioned earlier that they're great coverage um, and promoting I suppose the ladies game in especially the year that is uh, 2020 Indeed so look on behalf of everybody at the Big Red Bench and the Ladies Football Podcast we wish you all the best it's a tough ask at the weekend against Mead but you've nothing to lose the very best of luck to you Ellie and the Clare team in the All-Ireland semi-final against Mead Manager, thanks for having me on. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Anna Kilty, LGFA's Alana Crowley and her teammates are taking part in an important fundraiser in aid of Marymount Hospice on Saturday, November 28th. People are invited to walk, jog or run a distance goal of 5 kilometres, 10 kilometres, a half or full marathon distance within their 5 kilometre radiance in accordance with government guidelines. Anyone interested in getting involved is asked to sign up via an Eventbrite page and make a donation with all proceeds going directly to Marymount Hospice. Go to eventbrite.ie, that's E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot and search for Virtual Race in Aid of Marymount. We are organising a virtual race, so it is a 5k, a 10k, a half marathon or a full marathon, all within people's 5 kilometre radius, so in accordance with the government guidelines. And basically what it is, is people sign up to the event and you just run your distance and all the proceeds of your tickets go directly to Marymount. So I know because I entered myself, there's no waterfront marathon or half marathon this year. Is this instead of it and on the same weekend that it would have been on? Um, Yeah, so I'm the same as you now. I also signed up to do the half marathon for this weekend um, or for, you know, the Clannacility one. Mm. But since it was cancelled and, you know, when you have something in your head, so we said we'd do a run that weekend anyway because over the last two years on the Clannacility Waterburn Marathon, my family has been raising money for Marymount that weekend anyway. So as well as doing the race, we always put up our own GoFundMe and we would raise money for those the run on the same day you know so this year because the race wasn't happening we were like oh look we'll do a run that day anyway mm. and then that transpired to oh we'll organise an event that day and then all of a sudden now it's a virtual race that we've created in aid of Marymount so um, Marymount is obviously a hugely important organisation and facility but for yourself from a personal reason it also is yeah um, my mom died there two years ago of cancer, so she used the facilities for a while, and it was just the people up there are so lovely. You know, they are really supportive, and they just provide the highest quality of care for people. So, I suppose everyone in Cork knows somebody who's available the services. So, we just thought it was really important to give back, I suppose, and support them. Um, I know as well that they 
need a lot of the money that they use on a yearly basis is most of it is you know fundraised and charity so all the charity events you know every little helps for them so it's really important and as well as my my mom my best friend Evie we're organizing this in aid of her uncle as well so her uncle Michael died in this summer and he was age 53 and he was battling with cancer on and off for about five years so he also uh, availed of the Mary Mount services. So the two of us decided this year, you know, because the last two years, I suppose we were raising it for my mom, but obviously this year affected her family too. So she was like, oh, would you mind if we did it for both of them? So that's kind of how it became in, in, in memory, sorry, of Alice and of Mike. As well as that, and it's a lovely thing to do, and it's a lovely, it's an important thing to do to raise money. Um, is there a GoFundMe page for this year's event and how can people contribute? Um, so there's actually not a GoFundMe page, but what the great thing about Eventbrite is, is that when you click the link for tickets, there's an option instead of buying a ticket to donate. So you can donate any amount of money um, through that same link. And what we've done is we've put Marymount's fundraising bank account as the main bank account of the Eventbrite. So all the money that goes into the Eventbrite goes directly to Marymount. So if people wanted to donate instead of actually taking part in the run or the walk, you just click the same link, tickets, and you scroll down to where it says donation and you can enter your amount there. Um, the Clonakilty Ladies football team have had a tremendous year and it is going to continue hopefully in January with the Munster Championship. They're helping yeah. as well. Are you part of that? I am, yeah. So I was on the panel for their uh, county final and mm. yeah, we're hopefully going to have a successful continuation now in January. But um, So I put it into our group chat uh, 3rd November saying you know, it was a great way to keep the fitness going and mm. we've got a great team and a team bond, I suppose. So it was really, you know, okay, we'll do this together. You know, we'll all train for it and it's all for a great cause. So. I hope um, um, JJ and Co are involved as well, that they'll be running, yes? I hope so too, yeah. And Ian from Absolute Fitness in the rugby club, he was our, I suppose, strength and conditioning coach for the year. So he very kindly put in a training plan for us at 3rd November to help us with this run as well. Excellent stuff. So look, it's a very important occasion. Uh, clan ladies are fully behind it. You'll be hoping that, what can would you like people as well, that they would... Um, use social media to show what they've done on the day. Exactly, yeah. So there's two things that we'd love people to do on the day is, number one, like wear something orange. So um, we had gotten onto Walsh Printers in Canfield, so they were doing orange t-shirts first, but I don't know, they, it's probably too late now to get more for the day, but mm. if other people can just wear something orange on the day. And also we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and we're on Facebook. So Virtual Race for Mary Mount is the name of our Instagram and our Facebook pages and yeah if people just tagged us and we'll be happy to share and we'd love to put together something at the end of it you know just as a kind of I don't know Remember. I suppose yeah and as well like what we're hoping to do is that you know this year we just did it because we'd nothing else but we'd like to I think continue on every year you know hmm. doing a race of some sort in aid of Mary because we're after generating over six and a half thousand so far. Wow. Um, for Mary Mount, this is brilliant. 
and that's it for another Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan, Valerie Wheeler and guests between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.